There is no one like our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. Our God is awesome in power. God is with us and God is for us in Christ Jesus. And since God is for us, no one and nothing can stand against us. Father God, we are excited this morning about the opportunity uh, to gather together and to study your word. Father, we are excited that you are going to speak to us. God, you are going to teach us. God, you are going to continue your work in us. You are going to mold and shape and make us more like Jesus this morning. Father God, though we are separated in our homes, Father, we are together united in Christ Jesus. And so, Father God, I pray in these moments, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear exactly what it is you want us to hear exactly the truth you want us to see from your word. Father God, and then would you give us a spirit of courage to be able to live out the truth of your word this day and this week. Father God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen and amen. I am so thankful for my seminary education years and years ago. I'm especially thankful for one class in particular that I took during my seminary education. That class was called Pastoring During a Pandemic. This class gave us a step-by-step guide of every decision to make, every step to take, every word to speak during a pandemic. Not, there is no Pastoring in a Pandemic course. There is no parenting in a pandemic course. There is no overcoming loneliness in a pandemic course. There is no staying friends with your family in a pandemic course. There is no how to remember what day it is in a pandemic course. But there is hope for us and there is help for us in Christ Jesus. There is help for us during a pandemic. There is help for us, a one who loves us, is with us, and who guides us every step of our way day by day. There is help and hope for us during a pandemic, and our help is the Holy Spirit of God. God placed his Holy Spirit in us when he saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul told us, in Christ Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our convictor, our encourager, and our guide. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and he comes alongside us to encourage and empower us to live God's way day by day. Our God is an awesome God. Say it with me. Our God is an awesome God. Say it again with me. Our God is an awesome God. We are living in unprecedented times. The challenges and the difficulties and the struggles we are facing today are struggles, challenges, and difficulties like we've never faced before. We are also living in exciting times. We know that none of what is happening to us surprises God, stresses God, or scares God in the least. You see, God is calling us to a deeper faith and trust in him. God is calling us 
to love and minister to one another in new ways. God is calling us to trust in him with all the changes we are being asked to make. God is calling us to be witnesses for Jesus in creative ways. God is calling us to keep on giving to Jesus and growing in Jesus and going for Jesus for such a time as this. And thankfully, God equips those he calls. We see this throughout God's word. Jesus told us, for you will, say you will with me, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will, say that with me, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. God fills us with his power so we can fulfill his purpose. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this already, so let me make sure that to get this out again here at the beginning of our time together in God's Word. Our God is an awesome God. We are starting a new sermon series this morning, in both our English service and our Spanish service, titled The Struggle is Real. As Christ followers, we know the struggle is real. It's okay for us to acknowledge this reality. It's important for us to acknowledge this reality. It's therapeutic for us to acknowledge this reality. Our struggles may seem fair or unfair. Our struggles may be within ourselves or with others. Our struggles may be petty or they may be intensely personal. Our struggles may be brief or they may continue on and on and on without any end in sight. The unifying factor for all of us is the reality of the struggle. The unifying blessing for all of us is God has filled his word with his encouragement and his instruction to help us to grow in and through our struggles in his strength and for his glory. God's word is full of his truth for our lives, designed for such a time as this, to bless us and to encourage us and to help us to continue walking by faith and trust in him during these unprecedented, unusual, challenging, and exciting times. And so over the course of this series, God is going to use the example of some of the saints in his word who faithfully endured their struggles to show us and to help us and to encourage us how we can faithfully endure our struggles today. As we look at our lives and as we look into the pages of Scripture this morning, we quickly identify the reality of the struggle. We see this in the Scriptures from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The psalmist said in Psalm 90 in verses 9 and 10, For all our days ebb away, under your wrath. We end our years like a sigh. Our lives last 70 years, or if we're strong, 80 years, even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass away quickly, and we fly away. The psalmist acknowledged the struggle is real in this passage. 
But if you read Psalm 90, you also will find out that the psalmist rejoiced in this passage in the reality that God is our stronghold. God is our refuge. God is our safe place. God is our shelter in all our struggles. Jesus told his disciples and us that in this world, we will have troubles. We will have difficulties. We will have struggles. But we can take heart. We can be of great courage because Jesus overcame the world. He conquered the world. And since Jesus overcame the world, we can overcome in and through him. We can overcome our struggles in and through him. The Apostle Paul uh, was another author of the scriptures that uh, wrote often about the struggles that we face as Christ followers. In Philippians chapter 1, in particular, in Philippians chapter 1, in verses 29 and 30, Paul was writing this letter to these believers that he loved dearly in the church in Philippi. And he wrote these words in verse 29, For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Read that again. To not only believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. The believers in Philippi were well aware. They knew firsthand of the struggles Paul endured as he followed Jesus. We today, there in our own homes, wherever you may be listening and watching uh, this sermon this morning, we all know that we will face struggles as we follow Jesus day by day. God has told us in his word through the Apostle Paul that it has been granted to us. It is a gift for us. It is a favor from God for us to believe in him, but also to suffer for him as we follow Jesus by faith day by day. Our sufferings and our struggles are often the result of the opposition and the persecution that we face as followers of Jesus due to our faith in Jesus. Again, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And so we know the struggle is real, but so is God's grace and strength. You see, God tells us in his word that he gives us his sufficient grace for every struggle we face. The struggle you are in right now, whatever that struggle may be, I want you to understand and know, according to the truth of God's word, God gives you his sufficient grace right now for the struggle that you face. God's power is perfected in our weakness. God's strength and his power is made perfect in our weakness. God's power is more than enough for us to help us in the struggle that we are facing right now in our lives. Right now, God is giving us his grace and his power to continue walking by faith, to continue believing in him and suffering for him because that is what we are called to do. That is what we have been graced to do. That is what we have been blessed to do. We've been given the privilege 
to believe in him, which we love that privilege. But we've also been given the privilege to suffer for him. And we suffer for him as we suffer with him, with his all-sufficient grace and strength, which is perfect for us. So what I want to do is take just a few minutes now, and I want us to identify some areas of struggle that we face day by day. Uh, These are areas of struggle that we will also be able to identify throughout this series as we look at the testimony of the saints in God's Word that God is going to lead us to study in this series. You're going to find out that these saints in God's Word, years and years and years ago, faced struggles in these same areas that we face struggles in today. So let's look at these areas real quickly. Uh, The first area of struggle is sin. Though we are saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we still struggle with our sinful flesh. Our sinful flesh is prone to give in to our enemies' lies and accusations and temptations that are designed to lead us away from God into sin. Paul understood this. This is why Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 22, stay away from every kind of evil. Stay away means stay away from every kind of sin and evil. This also means run when and if necessary. Peter told us in 1 Peter 2 and verse 11, Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from the sinful desires that wage war against the soul. To abstain means to stay away from sin. Abstain literally means to put distance in between us and the sinful desires that wage war against our soul. Stay away and abstain are present imperatives. That means they're commands for us to obey today and every day, all through the day, as we follow Jesus by faith. Now, as we know, according to our understanding of God's Word, and certainly uh, through our understanding of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul certainly understood this struggle with sin. He himself struggled with sin, and he understood that we too will struggle with sin. This is why Paul said, among other things, he commanded us, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He commanded us to keep in step with the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the sinful flesh. Paul also told us and encouraged us, no temptation has seized us except what has come into man, and God is faithful. He'll not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when we are tempted, he'll provide a way out for us so that we can stand up under it. We know and understand that it's not a sin for us to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, yet he never sinned. And so we know it's what we do with the temptation that determines whether it becomes sin or not, whether it leads us to God or away from God. And the good news that Paul shared with us is that God gives us an escape route out of every temptation that we face. Now, we take God's escape route out of every temptation in God's power, not in ours. We are able to stay away from sin in God's power, not ours. We are able to abstain from the sinful desires that wage war 
against our soul in God's power, not ours. As we look at the testimony of God's word, as we look at the heroes of our faith, the men and women who have gone before us, as we see the success they had in seeking after the Lord and following the Lord and walking in obedience to the Lord, we know each one of them did it in God's power, not their own. And so we understand and realize that one of the areas, one of the consistent areas that we will struggle with on a day-by-day basis is the area of sin. And knowing this, God has filled his word with everything that we need in order to walk in victory in this area day-by-day in his strength, with his wisdom, for his honor and glory. So the first area of struggle is sin. The second area of struggle I want us to look at is spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. Uh, We know as followers of Jesus Christ, whether we like it or not, whether we want it or not, or whether we understand it completely or not, we are engaged in the struggle of spiritual warfare. We are engaged in the battle each day of spiritual warfare. Paul gave us great instruction and encouragement in this area and for this area in Ephesians chapter 6. I'll give you a moment just to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. One uh, book to the left from Philippians, Ephesians chapter 6. Paul shares with us God's truth in regards to uh, this struggle Uh, with spiritual warfare. And I'll begin reading in chapter 6 of Ephesians in verse 10. And Paul wrote these words, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Isn't that encouraging to know that God's strength is vast? It covers everything that we need. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Now, let me make sure we understand. First and foremost, we are victors and overcomers in Christ Jesus. We are to be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. I am a victor in Christ Jesus. You are a victor in Christ Jesus. Say, I am a victor in Christ Jesus. We are victors in Christ Jesus. What does this mean? It means this, in every area of struggle that we face, We fight from victory, not for victory, because we've already won the victory by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. This is encouraging for you and for me. We are victors in Christ Jesus. Secondly, what we see here in this passage and our understanding of the struggle of spiritual warfare is the battlefield where this struggle of spiritual warfare is fought is our minds. It's in our minds. We know that our enemy in the struggle of spiritual warfare is Satan and his demonic forces of evil in the heavens. 
Listen, Satan hates us as followers of Jesus Christ, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. This is why he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for just the right moment, just the right opportunity, just the right time to devour us with his lies and accusations and temptations. Let me make sure that you understand this. If you're taking notes, jot this down. This is an important note for us to jot down. Our struggle is not against one another. Say that with me. Our struggle is not against one another. This is especially important during these pandemic days with these stay-at-home orders when we're staying with one another more than we've ever stayed with one another. Our struggle is not with one another. Our struggle is not against one another. Our struggle is with our enemy, Satan, and his demonic forces of evil in the heavens. Now, we also see here uh, in the pages of Scripture that our teammates in the struggle are our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We have many teammates in our struggle who will come beside us and will help us and encourage us. We see our teammates each week on our Zoom live team calls. We see our teammates as we gather together uh, for our streaming services on Sundays and Wednesdays, as we uh, interact with one another through social media in these days. Our teammates are so vitally important in this area of struggle. Our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, the ones that we do life with, these are our teammates in the struggle. Our weapon in the struggle is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God full of his truth and his power and his wisdom for our lives. And the armor that we receive from God protects us in the struggle of spiritual warfare day by day as we live God's way. And Paul went on to outline uh, the pieces of our spiritual armor for our struggle on a day-by-day basis. So we see, as followers of Jesus Christ, there will be times when we struggle in the area of sin. We struggle in the area of spiritual warfare. The third area of struggle is other people. Our relationships with other people is an area of struggle for us. We see this uh, throughout God's Word. We see examples of this throughout God's Word in regards to the relationships among the Israelites throughout the Old Testament history and all their struggles internally with one another. We see this in the New Testament with Paul and Barnabas and Paul and Peter and Euodia and Suntike and the church in Philippi. God, once again, has filled his word with his wisdom and his instruction and his encouragement to help us in our struggles with other people. Jesus answered the question, what is the greatest commandment in all the law? By sharing these words, the greatest commandment in all the law is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. As we love God first and most, God helps us, God empowers us to love one another, which blesses and eases our struggle with one another. Paul told us 
to be careful not to repay anyone evil for evil, to not seek vengeance against anyone because the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Paul told us, if possible, as far as it depends on us, live at peace with everyone. Now, we know and understand we cannot guarantee others will not seek vengeance against us. We cannot guarantee others will not repay evil for evil against us. We cannot guarantee that others will do all that they can to live at peace with us. But we can make sure that we don't repay evil for evil. We can make sure that we don't seek vengeance. We can make sure that we do all we can to live at peace with everyone. Because these truths, again, help ease our struggles with other people. Paul told us that we're to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. Forgiveness is a must for us because it helps to ease the struggles we have with other people. James told us to pray for one another because prayer is a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because prayer helps to ease the struggles we have with other people. Peter told us to be hospitable to one another, to use the gifts that God has given us in ministry and service to one another in love, because in so doing, we demonstrate and show the very grace of God within the family of God. We know that serving one another, giving ourselves away to one another, blessing one another selflessly helps to ease the struggles we have with other people. Jesus himself told us that service is the way to greatness with God. Jesus has not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The many included you and me. And so we know and understand in selflessly giving ourselves away to others, we imitate Christ, and we also help to ease the struggles that we have with other people. Listen, we also know and understand that we struggle with pain from our past caused by other people. This is a prominent area of struggle as it relates to other people. The pain in our past caused by other people. God, again, speaks to us, those who are struggling in this area, through his word, and he reminds us that we must forgive those who hurt us in the present, and we must forgive those who hurt us in the past. And we must seek God's help. We must surrender ourselves to God. We must yield ourselves to God. We must beg God for his help day by day, every step of our way, so that we can forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead that God has called for us in Christ Jesus. And we also know at times our greatest struggle with other people really isn't necessarily with other people. Our greatest struggle at times and it, when it comes to our relationships is with ourselves. And we know the scriptures teach us that when we confess our sin, God forgives us and cleanses us 
and purifies us from all unrighteousness. And so since God loves us, since God has saved us, since God is sanctifying us, since God forgives us and cleanses us, since God has continued to make us like Jesus, since God doesn't hold our sin against us, then we don't need to beat ourselves up. We don't need to engage in a struggle with ourselves, loathing ourselves for the mistakes that we have made or the things that we have done or said or not done or not said in the past. No, we need to forgive ourselves because we know and understand that God teaches us in his word that we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do and we don't want anyone else. Most importantly, we don't want ourselves to hold us back from what God has for us today and every day in Christ Jesus. And so we come now to the final fourth area of struggle, and that is our circumstances. We struggle at times with unplanned, unwanted, unfair circumstances that crash into our lives in a moment's notice. Our current struggle with the COVID-19 novel coronavirus is one such example. Listen, the reason why uh, we struggle with our circumstances is most often due to the reality that we live in a fallen, sinful world. James reminded us in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, James said, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know the testing of your faith develops endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Thankfully, God tells us that he uses our struggles with our circumstances, and for that matter, all of these different areas. But we know specifically God uses our struggle with our circumstances in his work of making us mature and complete in Christ Jesus and helping us to become more effective ministers and witnesses for Christ Jesus. This understanding of God's truth in God's word helps us to consider our struggle with our circumstances a great joy. This understanding from the truth of God's word helps us to consider our struggle with spiritual warfare, our struggle with sin, our struggle with other people a great joy. You see, we can trace every one of our struggles in the present to one of these areas. We can trace every one of our struggles in our past to one of these areas. These areas of struggle will overlap one another at times, meaning we will face a struggle at times that may involve one or more of these areas. And we can rejoice this morning. We can shout, praise God that he helps us in all our struggles. And I want us to look at a few truths about God's help for us in our struggles this morning. These are truths that we will see throughout this series as we study God's word together. These are truths that we will see borne out in the testimony of the heroes of our faith that we take a look at in our study through this series. These are truths that we can take with us this morning, today, and every day the Lord gives us this week to bless us and encourage us and help us in our struggles. The first truth is this, God is with us in our struggles. 
As followers of Jesus Christ, we are never alone. God loves us. God is with us. And God wants us to turn to him and talk with him and trust in him at all times, especially in our struggles. Listen, one of the favorite lies of our enemy to try to use against us is that we are alone in our struggles, that no one cares about us, that no one loves us, that no one understands us, that no one wants to help us. And this is simply untrue. We know the enemy's lies are all untrue. He can't speak truth. He's the father of lies. I'm not alone. You're not alone. We're not alone in Christ Jesus. God is with us in all of our struggles. And we'll see this uh, throughout our series. We know this as well as we look in our own lives this morning. God's with us right now in Christ Jesus. He's with you right now in Christ Jesus. And he's got an amazing plan for you in Christ Jesus. The second truth we know is that God will strengthen us in our struggles. We don't have to rely on our strength to get us through our struggles. Praise God, we have the dynamic, supernatural power of God to help us. Paul told us God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in our weakness. Paul told Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of power of love and of a sound mind. Paul told us, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength, his vast power. Paul told us, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us. Jesus himself told us, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We have the dynamic, supernatural power of God living in us as followers of Jesus Christ to help us in our struggles. The Apostle Paul told us in Colossians chapter 1 in particular, in verse 28, we proclaim him, that being Christ, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, Paul said, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Paul rejoiced and relied on Christ's strength in him in all his struggles. We can rejoice and rely on Christ's strength in all our struggles because Christ's strength works powerfully in you and me. And the third truth we see is that God will bring an end to our struggles. God will bring an end to our struggles. The struggle is real. We will face struggles throughout our lives. They're not going to completely stop. They may not even completely slow down. But we have the assurance and hope of knowing as followers of Jesus Christ, God has promised he will bring an end to our struggles when he calls us home to heaven one day. Life is not fair. We will not always understand and like our struggles. We will not always understand and like our challenges. We will not always understand and like our difficulties. Things will not always work out the way we want them to work out, and this is okay because we're not home yet. 
Our home is in heaven by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And we are eagerly awaiting the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul encouraged us in Romans chapter 8 when he told us in verse 18, And I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Paul told us the struggle is real. Paul also had the confidence of knowing, it's the same confidence that we have today, that our sufferings and struggles today are not even worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us one day in heaven. As followers of Jesus Christ, therefore we know this too shall pass. We know as followers of Jesus Christ, This difficulty shall pass. This trying circumstance shall pass. This sickness shall pass. This infirmity shall pass. This difficulty shall pass. This struggle shall pass. As followers of Jesus Christ, we know our struggles will come and go, but our God stays the same. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we always know the best is yet to come. My brothers and sisters, I love you. And I want you to know and understand, according to the truth of God's word, you know this. I know this. We know this. We need to be reminded of this. As followers of Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen and amen. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. I would ask my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, let me just ask you right now, uh, right there where you're, you're seated in your home or wherever you may be watching with us, if you can, if it's safe, if it's possible, if you're able, why don't you just take a knee right there where you're, you're sitting and where you're at and, and just begin to pour out your heart to the Lord. Uh, and I want to encourage you just to spend a few moments just celebrating and rejoicing in the truth from God's word, that in the midst of our struggles right here and right now, in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of our difficulties, and many of us are going through challenges and difficulties more intense and painful and challenging than ever before in our entire lives, I want you to just get there on your knees and just begin to cry out to the Lord and just to thank him that he's with you. Thank him for his strength in you and to thank him for his promise that he's going to bring this time of struggle to an end for you one day. And until that day comes, he's going to be with you, strengthening you every step of your way. I'm going to give you a few moments just to spend time with the Father, just rejoicing in him and in his strength that works so powerfully in you. And friend, let me just ask, if you've not yet received God's gift of salvation by God's grace, your faith in Christ Jesus, then let me encourage you to make that decision this morning. Let me encourage you to make that decision even now. The Bible tells us that that we are all sinners, that we have all said, thought, and done things that are unpleasing to God. We've all turned away from God to go our own way and do our own thing. And our sin against God separates us from God, and there is nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. See, the Bible tells us that we're separated from God. 
And the justice we deserve for our sin against God is an eternity in a very real place called hell. And yet the Bible tells us that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, though we are in a desperate situation, though we're in a difficult spot, we need someone who can take away our sin. We need someone who can bring us to God. Quite simply, we need a Savior. The good news of God's Word tells us that Jesus is our Savior that Jesus came to earth years ago, and he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus met God's standard, God's requirement for a perfect and holy sacrifice to be made so that we who are imperfect and unholy could be made right with a perfect and holy God. Jesus was tempted as we are tempted, and yet he never sinned. He died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary. He was buried in the tomb, and he rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death for you and me. Jesus is alive today, and he is the way and the truth and the life, and none of us are able to come to the Father. None of us are able to enter into a relationship with God except through faith in God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Christ Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. We are made right with God in Christ Jesus. We are forgiven by God in Christ Jesus. We become children of God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And the scriptures tell us that we need to confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead and we'll be saved. So I want to encourage you to voice a prayer this morning, to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he is your Savior, that he is the one who took your place on the cross. He's the one who paid your price for sin. He's the only one who can bring you into a relationship with God, that he is your Savior. Then I encourage you to confess with your mouth to God that you believe in Jesus, that you believe he's alive, and that he is the way for you to enter into a relationship with him. And then I encourage you just to receive God's gift of salvation, uh, to repent of your sins, to confess them to God, and to place your faith in Jesus Christ. You can do so by praying a simple prayer like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I believe what your word says, that I have turned away from you, and I am separated from you because of my sin against you. And God, I believe I need a Savior. I need Jesus. He is the one who took my place on the cross. I believe he died in my place, paying my price on the cross of Calvary. I believe he was buried. And I believe Jesus rose again on the third day. I believe he's alive. And he wants a relationship with me. And so right now, as best as I know how, God, I give up my way. I repent of my sin. I confess my sins to you. And I no longer want to do life according to my way and my wishes and my abilities. God, I surrender myself to you as best as I know how. And I receive your gift of salvation by my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, God for saving me this morning. And help me, God, to live my life day by day in your strength, with your wisdom, for your glory. Father God, we thank you today. 
for this time in your word. We thank you that you've been faithful to speak to us. You've been faithful to teach us. You've been faithful to correct us. You've been faithful to rebuke us. You've been faithful to convict us. You've been faithful to encourage us. You've been faithful to challenge us. God, you've been faithful to change us in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we pray now in the day to come that you are going to give us this day. And as you continue to tarry and give us this week, Father God, may we be faithful to live out the truth of your word and the obedience to you by your power and strength alive in us. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for our teammates, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your word, which strengthens us. We thank you, God, for the armor that you have given us to protect us in our struggles. And Father God, we thank you most of all that we are victors in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, as we continue in our struggles by our faith and trust in Christ Jesus this week, God, would you give us victory every moment of our day, every step of our way, and God, may you use us to encourage and bless our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Thank you for this morning. Father God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, and it is in his name we pray. Amen and amen.